0: And welcome into Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists. their Northeast Florida's premier orthopedic physicians providing an unparalleled level of care. Visit Southeast Orthopedic Specialists in Riverside, Ponte Northside, the Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's with Denny Thompson. The hacker Ryan Green with you, Denny. The Gators, 36-28 winners last night uh, over the Virginia Cavaliers, 11 and two on the year. Orange Bowl champions. Your thoughts on the Gators' victory?
1: On the game? Sure. I mean, I, I thought the game was a typical bowl game. I mean, you look at you look at bowl games and all the bowl games really. I mean, well, another semifinals weren't this way except for LSU, there's very little defense played in bowl games. Right. right. Very little defense. So, I mean, there's things that you do differently than what you've done during the year. You try out some new things. Um, you've got a little bit extra time to work on them, things like that. So, I mean, I thought all in all it wasn't a bad game. I, I, You know, there's a couple of questions left unanswered heading into next year. But a bowl game is the finality of this group of guys, right? It's the last time they're going to play. And so instead of asking those questions heading into next year, You know, a lot of times the better thing is just kind of look at the body of work that this group that played together had, and you can't help but be excited and impressed by the body of work that they have.
0: Well, look, I think Kyle Trask came out of the gate last night struggling, the interception, obviously. You know, look, we always talk about he hadn't started a game since his freshman year in high school. Well, he obviously had never started a bowl game. Orange Bowl was a big atmosphere. It had been a month since they played meaningful football. So, I thought the first quarter, quarter and a half, there were some jitters for Kyle Trask. But ultimately, 300 yards passing, uh, another, what, 37, I believe, on the ground. So, 340-plus all-purpose yards. I thought Trask played very well. Although, there were enough struggles, Denny, to me in the first half that when spring ball rolls around in March and April, Emory Jones comes into the equation, and I think we will have, to an extent, a quarterback competition.
1: We want to start there.
0: Why not? Okay, the off season I, has officially begun.
1: I uh, I'm baffled that they didn't play Emory Moore last night. Why? I, I don't understand it at all. Like, I, I, if here's the thing that I don't understand is you're in a bowl game. You've had a month of prep. Now, realistically, when you say a month of prep, they've practiced probably ten times. Yeah, ten to twelve times. So it's not like they've practiced the whole time through. If if you were I I really believe they were going to have. A head-to-head competition. I no longer do, because if you were going to, this was the perfect time to get Emory some reps from. He, all he did was run the ball handoff, right? He he didn't throw a pass. Am I, wrong I don't believe that? he did.
0: He ran the ball well when given the opportunity,
1: right? It, listen, your your focus right now is on making the next step. What does that next step look like? Is that next step um, a trip to Atlanta? Is that next ch- step a SEC championship or a a college football playoff? Like, that's the next step. And if you believe that Kyle is the guy that gets you there, I don't. But if you do, then you do what you did last night. If you believe that an open competition in Emory, we don't want you to leave, we want you to stay is the way to go, then you probably should have thrown the ball with Emory a little bit more and given him some play time.
0: Let me ask you this, though. All in all, 25 touchdowns, seven picks, over 3,000 yards through the air. What is it about Kyle Trask that – Not to put words in your mouth, but apparently you don't like moving forward.
1: It's not as much Kyle Trask as it is Dan Mullen. I I have so much respect for Dan Mullen and the way he calls plays and the way he runs an offense that I believe that Kyle Trask does not open up that entire playbook. Does Emory? I don't know because we haven't seen him throw enough. I mean, I've seen Emory throw enough, but, but we haven't seen him in a game situation we haven't seen Emery throw enough to know if Emery's the answer in that. I just thought last night, I really thought going into last night, Emery was going to get 20, 25 snaps. And I thought he had put the ball in the air, you know, 10 times with him. Now, a couple things happened that maybe prevented that from happening. Virginia played a very soft coverage, keep everything in front of you, quarters type of, of defense, sometimes even like a two man under type of defense. Um that, tra- that that interception, the first interception that Trask threw that he floated off to the side. I mean, that corner made that interception from ten yards back. He he went that I mean he was he was way back. Right. And and I think it was just a defense they hadn't seen a lot of. So maybe that's a situation where you want somebody who's got more experience and they're throwing the ball. I don't know. I'm looking for excuses for it because in my mind, as as happy as I am with the Gator program and where it's headed right now, I think they missed a big opportunity last night to get Emory a bunch of quality reps.
0: And, that, you know, that's fair that they did not play him a lot. And, you know, I've told you this, and this is what I believe. I believe Kyle Trask was the better option this year because the Gators' best playmakers were at wide receiver. With Van Jefferson, Tyree Cleveland, Freddie Swain, Josh Hammond, Travon Grimes, you know, that was where the Gators needed to go. And Kyle Trask was the perfect guy to come right in for Felipe Franks and move the offense. You're losing four of those guys. You're losing Cleveland. You're losing Jefferson. You're losing Hammond. You're losing Swain. You may lose Grimes. Hopefully not. He's a junior. I know he's filed paperwork. We'll see. That decision's got to come pretty soon. But you're losing your best playmakers. So maybe it does make more sense now into the spring to go back to the Dan Mullen traditional style of a running quarterback, all the RPOs. Now Trask, given this, the guy is not the most fleet of foot. And the guy doesn't look very um, uh, athletic when he's running the ball. But at the end of the day, he had 37 yards rushing last night. That's not the first time he's put together some nice rushing yardage. But clearly, Emory Jones would be your prototypical Dan Mullen quarterback. And maybe with those receivers being gone, the Gator offense will be a little bit different next year.
1: Listen, I am not trying to dismiss what Trass did this year. I am not. And I know it probably sounds that way. I'm simply – the only thing I'm saying – is you had a game last night that you had an opportunity to game plan. I'm reading into what that means because they knew that. They knew that. They, they knew they had that opportunity. What does it mean that they didn't? What does it mean that they didn't get Emory five, ten throws? like that, That's where I'm looking at this, and maybe I'm looking too far into it. Maybe it was just simply, hey, let's go win the football game. We feel that Trask gives us the best chance right now. I know how college football works. And college football is always about the next move, right? And, and the fact that they chose not to attack it with a dual quarterback system is interesting to me. Now, I don't think either one of them are the future. I mean, obviously, Trask has got a year left. The future is there now. The future is Anthony Richardson. That dude is a dog. He is the best quarterback they've recruited in a long, long time in Gainesville. He's the future. But you better be damn sure that he's immediate future because if Emory leaves – He may be getting on the field week one or two, right? And so that's the only thing. And I know they don't want Emory to leave. I know that for a fact. So it's just intriguing to me how it was approached last night. Um, That was the one thing, negative thing, that I saw. Everything else I was cool with. Everything else was good. And I disagree with you. I think they're going to have plenty of playmakers next year. I think they get two transfers. I've been saying that all along. Um, I think they get two transfers. Um, Both of them could be very big transfers.
0: Well, they already got one in Pouncey from Texas.
1: Yeah, I wasn't even counting him. Okay, I, you know I wasn't even counting him. I'm talking about the Penn State kid, um, I think comes to Florida, and and he is a hell of a player. And then there's one other that I'm not going to jinx because I'm not even supposed to know about. Um, that would be a hell of a player. So I think they, I think they're fine playmaker wise, um, and I think next year they'll be a better football team than they are they were this year.
0: This is Gator Bites on the Ten Ten xlcom Uh, Podcast Network, also on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by the one and only Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, their Northeast Florida's premier orthopedic physician. Listen for the good doctor, Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings here on 1010XL. Of course, during high school football year, uh, Kevin Murphy was under the Friday Night Lights with Denny and I all season long as well. Southeast Orthopedic Specialist is located in Riverside, Northside, Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island, and in St. John's. You can visit them on the web by going to se-ortho.com. You can also listen to Dr. Chris Swanson on Monday nights with Denny Thompson and big game James Coleman on the Sports Den.
1: Real quick, if you're watching, we greatly appreciate it on Facebook Live, but can you do us one huge favor and just hit that Like button? Ah, That helps us out like a ton. So if you can just hit that Like button, and if you you really like us, share it. (laughs) <laughs> but just at least hit that like button for us. I, we, we'd appreciate it. let us I mean, New Year's resolution. Like, we're trying to get bigger and better. Help us out.
0: There's no question about it. Gator Bites, we're six months old now. I think we started in May or June, right? Yeah. And now we're ending in December. All right. Let's focus on Dan Mullen now and what he's done in two years. If I were to tell you Denny Thompson, when Dan Mullen had his introductory press conference, what was it, I guess, December 17, January of 18, that Florida would go to back-to-back New Year's Six Bowl games, would win a peach, would win an orange, and would be 21-5 and in Mullen's first 26 games, would you have considered that a Grand Slam hire?
1: Oh, gosh, yes. And especially if you would have tagged on there, and I know they haven't been very good, that he beats Florida State both years. Yeah. Because remember what we were coming out of, just getting drilled by Florida State.
0: Yeah, Florida State had won, what, six, seven in a row? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you would have
1: tagged on there that he beats Florida State in both years, absolutely. I mean, Grand Slam hire, absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, this – There's a couple signs of a really well-coached program. One is that uh, the team gets better as the year goes, which we've seen um, both years. And the second is that each year you say, oh, they better do it this year because they're losing a lot. And then the next year comes and you go, wait, they may be better than last year. Like that is a program that's recruiting well, that's planning well, and that's developing well. And I feel like that's exactly where the Gators are. And and my time frame on them to take over the – when I say take over – to be very competitive to play in Atlanta has bumped way up than what it was even when we started this podcast.
0: That's interesting. Um, obviously, they got to get by Georgia. That's the big hurdle. That's the the hurdle that has stopped them the last two years. I always like to remind people, Denny, when he talks about Anthony Richardson, he talks about all these quarterbacks. There's a good reason why Denny's got six points. What is the official name? It's six, it's six points, points. Yeah, quarterback. This is a six points. Six points. Yeah, and what what they do at six points is they train. Quarterbacks.
1: We just develop quarterbacks. That's Den- it. Yeah, yep. Denny
0: Thompson, high school wise in the Northeast Florida area. Heck, the southeastern part of the country. Quite frankly, as much as you are expanding, he trains a lot of quarterbacks. So when he talks about Anthony Richardson, believe this guy because he's trained Anthony Richardson. Same thing with Carson Beck, who's going to the University of Georgia. Jeff Sims, who's going to the Georgia Tech. A lot of guys have worked under Denny Thompson, Joey Gatewood as well. And with that, you build relationships with the college community, with coaches, assistant coaches, etc. And the reason I bring that up, this morning on ESPN, and it was brought up yesterday on NFL Network in regards to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. The name Dan Mullen is building. It was in the first segment today on ESPN that Dan Mullen is a name to watch if slash when the Dallas Cowboys fire Jason Garrett. At the time we're recording this, they have not officially yet, although it looks like it's trending in that direction. They you said know they're
1: not making an announcement today.
0: Yeah, you know Dan a little bit. You talk with Dan, obviously. What's your feeling when you hear that his name, and because of Dak Prescott, obviously they're connecting the dots. When you hear the name Dan Mullen at least mentioned with that Cowboys opening,
1: he's certainly um, he's certainly got the skill set. I mean, he he's there's no stage too big for Dan Mullen. He's proven that, um, and he's he's X and O's. He's your NFL type of X's and O's. You look at 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 college guys, and I look at Dan Mullen, and I look I look at really number one for me is Ohio State's coach Ryan Day. Like I think what he translates to the NFL game better than any coach in college football right now, even Lincoln Riley. Um, I just I just think he's that good X's and O's. But Dan Mullen is certainly in those top two, three, four, five area. I'm not concerned about it this year. I think a lot of this probably is Dan Mullen's camp putting this information out to go ahead and get that extra six hundred, seven hundred mil, six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand million added to that contract no, with an extension. Okay. Like I think that's probably more of what's going on now. As a Gator fan, I would be a little concerned about Todd Grantham. Not as a head coaching job, but there's so much movement in the football world, NFL and college, that Todd Grantham, he don't like to stay places. Right? There was some thought last year that he would go. Maybe he was going to Cleveland Browns. It wasn't Cincinnati. Or Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah. yeah. It was Cincinnati. So, I mean, I would have a little more concern. But I do think long-term that if he gets the itch that Dan Mullen would be successful at the NFL game. But here's the thing. Like, these guys have to make a quality of life choice because we all lost our mind at the um, John Gruden hire and how much they paid him. Well, that ain't that much in the college world. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're taking a pay cut. Now, it's, a, it's probably a better quality of life because you don't have to recruit. It's not a 12-month-a-year type of deal. I get all that. Uh, but job security isn't even what it is. I mean, in the NFL, it's worse than what it is in, in college now. You're seeing guys lose a job after a year.
0: You know, we always talk about the itch, and you just brought it up. If they, has, if they have the itch, do you believe Dan Mullen has the itch no. to coach on Sundays?
1: No, not right now. Not right now. I think he is so bought into what he's doing at Florida um, – that I, I, I think he's going to see this thing through. Now, whatever that means, The one of the more frustrating things, and not for Dan Mullen but for, for, for college coaches, is when you keep losing assistant coaches and you feel like you have to restructure your staff and what you're teaching and you have to keep reteaching these staff, like that's a frustrating thing. Okay, so that's something that if that starts happening, I could see something, and this is purely me speculating, I could see at that point Mullen going, well, crap, I might as well just go to the NFL. But he hasn't really done that. He lost Trouton Warren last year to Georgia. Um, I mean, even if he loses, you know, a guy like Grantham, Dan Mullen's been around this game so long, he's going to go get whoever he wants. Basically, um, none of that's happening. Brian Johnson's still there, who I think at some point is going to get a shot somewhere. Um, but you know, right now, I think he sees this thing through.
0: It'll be interesting to see. And again, what Dan Mullen has accomplished at the University of Florida in two years as a head coach: twenty-one and five. Back-to-back New Year's Six Bowl appearances. You beat Michigan in the peach last year. You beat Virginia earlier this week in the orange. Absolutely spectacular. Now, as we begin to wrap up, uh, final edition of hey, the, by the way, football season of Gator Bites.
1: Virginia's quarterback, if he would learn how to throw the football.
0: Perkins, he's a good player.
1: Like if, if, if he would learn how if somebody would just mechanically teach that man how to throw the football, he is a freak.
0: Today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the Northeast Florida's premier. Orthopedic physician providing an unparalleled level of care. Visit Southeast Orthopedic Specialist in Riverside, Panavida, Northside, the Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island, and in St. John's. All right, we put a wrap on the on the field stuff. Obviously, another national signing day to come in February. We'll certainly break that down as we go along. But to wrap up 2019 and to preview 2020, 10 and 3 in 2018, 11 and 2 in 2019. You know the Gator Nation as well as I do. Expectations are going to be through the roof going into 2020. Auburn comes off your schedule. Mm -hmm. Miami comes off your schedule. On paper, it's a little bit of an easier schedule in 2020. Realistically, and I know sometimes with Gator fans, and you know this, sometimes realistic and Gator fans don't go in the same sentence, but for our purposes, realistically, what should expectations be for the Gators next year?
1: I hate that word, man. Um,
0: Which one, realistic or expectations? Both. They both. don't go together. Yeah.
1: Like realistic expectations is is, is that's, that's not even that's not even a thing. Um, All right.
0: What are Denny Thompson's expectations to, com- to
1: compete for the East? Like, and I think you continue to build on you, your your next step is you got you've. You start to do this at the end of the year. You've got to separate yourself from the pack of when you play Kentucky. They cannot believe they have a chance, mm-hmm. right? You got to get back to the Urban Meyer, Steve Spurrier days, where once in a blue moon, Ole Miss or Mississippi State would give you a problem.
0: Well, and that happened this year, and you brought that up at the at the beginning of the year. It happened at the end of the year, right? Kentucky okay. had
1: you beat. Kentucky had you beat. But Missouri,
0: South Carolina, Vanderbilt, right. you took care of business so, in those. So games.
1: you've got to continue that. Um, you beat auburn so you beat uh, you know a top you know 15 team uh, probably the best most talented team just the crappiest coaching staff so you, so you got that taken care of
0: no ill will towards uh, no it's just you a fact. and Auburn. no that's just a fact <laughs> okay. no I'm,
1: i mean dead fact like you go and you look at auburn's go look at how many nfl players they have like it's it's as many as anybody in in the sec right now um so i i think your next step is obviously you continue to trend along those ways you got to find a way to catch up with Georgia in every, asset, in every facet, in, in recruiting, um, in facilities, and most importantly on the field. And I think you go backwards with those. The field comes first, the facilities come second, and the recruiting comes third. That's the order that they fall in, and that's what we're seeing.
0: I'm going to go ahead and give you some uh, breaking news, a prognostication into the future. The cocktail party here in Jacksonville in 2020 will be for the SEC East Championship. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. If the Gators next year, if we're sitting here 365 days from now, and Florida's capping off another 11-2 and two season, a victory in the Orange Bowl over, we'll say, Virginia Tech next year. But they lost to Georgia in 2020 and did not win the East. Is that a disappointing no, season?
1: No, no. Okay. No.
0: All right, now you and I went back yeah, and you, forth you, you, on that. You're
1: asking me. Now, is it disappointing to Gator fans? Probably, but I know we're Because you
0: just said the goal is to catch Georgia.
1: Right, but I didn't say next year. Okay. I mean, if, if it were that easy – Listen, Kirby Smart is a hell of a coach. I get it. And Mullen, it'll
0: be year three for Mullen. You lose three in a row to the Dogs. I think Florida fans are going to be upset.
1: They can be upset. That's silly. That's silly. And if you go get blown out, that's one thing. But I I mean, you 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 want you want Mullen to go to the NFL? Then start doing crap like that. Start start looking at Mullen and going, well, you can't beat Georgia, so you're a failure. We need like start doing that. And if I'm like, I will go down and I'll help Dan Pack. It, because, the, listen, the thing about the Florida job is it is a it's it's one of the hottest jobs in the country. And it's it's one of the hardest to hire because people know, like I can go and do exactly what Mullen's doing now. But the fan base fan base can get after me if I don't win a natty. Well, dang, man. And, and that's starting to happen at Georgia, by the way, too. Georgia oh, fans, I think
0: people are coming after Kirby as well. Yeah. Georgia
1: fans are completely unreasonable. Yeah, I agree. But no, I mean but if,
0: that, that comes with the territory in the SEC. You could say that about LSU. You could say that about Auburn, Alabama, but it Georgia, doesn't work. Florida. But it doesn't work.
1: It doesn't work. It's been proven. It doesn't work. If you've got a coach that's winning ten, eleven games a year, you keep that coach. You keep rewarding that coach, and eventually, this is a cyclical thing. Eventually, it comes around when you start putting time frames on guys that are that are improving programs and making strides, then you are setting that program back.
0: Bottom line, as we wrap up, 2019, unbelievably successful. 11-2, and the two games Florida lost. They ran to the very end with LSU and with Georgia. Just wrap it up. Your final thoughts on the 11-2 and campaign this year?
1: Oh, huge success. I mean, we said before the season started right here on the Gator Vice podcast, if they can win one of the big three, LSU, Auburn, Georgia and they can be competitive in the other two, and they can win the rest of their games, that you had to think that was a great year. I, and that's exactly what they did. Right. They did. Exa- exactly.
0: And they gave Auburn a pretty good beating in Gainesville, and they were in it to the very end of both Baton Rouge and they reclaimed and the swamp.
1: That was huge. Like, like, they brought the atmosphere back to the swamp. And, guys, that is maybe one of the biggest wins they've had in the first two years with Mullen from a recruiting perspective.
0: Off season officially underway. Gator Bites isn't going to go anywhere. We have National Signing Day Part 2. Coming up in about a month at the beginning of February. And the SEC basketball season begins in earnest this weekend as the Crimson Tide of Alabama and the Florida Gators kick off their SEC portion of their basketball schedule this weekend. We'll be back to break it all down next week here on Gator Bites. Thank you to Southeast Orthopedic Specialists for bringing it to you. You can catch Denny Thompson every night on 1010XL and 92.5 FM on the Sports Den. You can get me on XL Primetime, noon noon to 3, Again, on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Denny, will do it again in seven days. Yes, sir. That is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker Ryan Green. Thank you for watching Gator Bites.